You know, it's very interesting because we're talking year, two year leases. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, uh, I, I uh, have a, a house in the Valley uh, and the landlord is an interesting gentleman. And that's all. That's how I'm going to put it. And before I moved in, they had a whole bunch of um, tenants. Right. Yeah. And then I know places where people like you, you would literally have to send SWAT in to get them to uh, move out because they just love the landlord experience. And uh, do you think there's something spiritual to being a good landlord? And like, does that in the long run? I, I don't even know if you can answer this question, but in the long run, like taking care of your tenant seems to be a better business deal. Than I, being- I, I don't even think it's a spiritual question. I think it's factually true. It is. Thank you, everybody laughing right yeah, now. That's like, so you're that's like saying, you're- that's like saying that, that 10-year-old kid is running his mouth. Should I ask him nicely or should I punch him in the face? <laughs> well, I, you're I, basically I, saying if you're not a slumlord, you can go to heaven. to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. All right, welcome to Cash Daddies, where banking fatties. Man, another killer week on the Patreon. People are talking, streets are squawking, and yeah, so I'm, uh, okay. Johnny, how are you doing? How was your week? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Better than better than last week. I feel like we've got some optimistic signs about get, getting our fucking coin out of Celsius. So respect. Uh, we'll get maybe. into that. Yeah, we'll get maybe. Into that. That's, that, that, we, for me, is that determines from now on how my week is. Uh, uh, it's how I feel about getting my money back from Celsius. Respect. respect. Uh, we'll just start the show. Giant, you get your money back. That's what we should start every yeah. show at. Not yet. Uh, Howie. Howie, how are you doing, Captain Kill It, all week? Oh, what a week, man. These guys, the Patreon, these people are the best. They just bring the energy and crazy shit happens. We had Bud pop last night after hours, popped this morning. We got out. We banked fatties. We banked another 30% Morgan Stanley. Uh, Howie, right now you have sleazy porn producer energy. I just need you to know that, but go on, keep going. That's what it feels like. It feels like, and I think that's what we got to keep going here. We got to keep going, uh, keep that porn energy going. Um, you know, that goes to our sponsor blue chew. Uh, but no, the Patreons are just bringing it. And, uh, I like to make an executive decision and say, we're going to get rid of blue chew on the show. And we're only doing uh gas station boner pills for now on that. That fits this show way better. Am I right? Everybody. Yeah, I think it does. Sorry how I cut you off again. No, it was uh shit, man. We'll talk about it throughout the show, but I mean, uh, you know, these Patreons are just the questions they ask every week are getting better. They're just getting more knowledge. They're keeping me on my feet. They're causing me to do more research, make more phone calls. Um, we had a hell of a week. 
we we sold, we raised a shitload of cash, and and you know what? The market tanked this afternoon, and we're gonna be going in and buying some things tomorrow. It's uh, it's uh, it's gone great. We need Thank to you, Holly. Uh, we need to get about another three, four hundred patrons. No, nope, we we're gonna get eight hundred more patrons. We're going to get eight hundred more patrons, and then we might just shut it down, and those will be the only ones That's we let option. in. Yeah, yeah, I'm, because I'm thinking about making an executive order. Yeah, because I mean, how about a here's an executive order? These people in the intro. We're no, dude. We're finishing the. We're finishing everybody and chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit. He's got props, so you know we're all in trouble. Chris Neff, everybody, buddy. I got some really big news. You can see, right? You guys can't see it. No. Okay, I went in and I got my hair did. Okay. And while I was there, this is a men's health tip. I want to make sure everybody knows. I have been doing something wrong for years, and that's that I was using comedy. These, <laughs> these shitty hair ties. <laughs> these shitty hair ties. And my hairstylist said, you know, you need to start doing what the professional athletes do, either using a beret because it's causing a, a little stress on your hairline. Yeah, you're starting your to get Latina hairline. Right exactly. Now. So she said, um, if you're not into berets, because they could be a little feminine, you need to get the scrunchies I use. So I went oh, out. Okay. Oh, well, out. yeah, that's totally it. I, I go out. from normal ones to scrunchies to right. be less feminine. So yeah, I, that totally makes sense. Can you see the new scrunchie? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. The lighting's bad. Lighting's really bad. We well, see enough. Okay. The yeah. main thing is they are highly effective, but they only come in pink. So that's what I'm dealing with at the moment. But that's I'll perfect. You. What's the so? What's the problem? Yeah, what's, what's the, the issue? Problem? I don't believe any of that. Yeah, we don't. What do you mean? You I believe what? you were in the store and you saw a lovely pink hair tie, and you were like, no. "Oh, I'll have that," and I'll come and up with some backstory immediately. I would never buy this unless it was doctor recommended or in this case, hairstylist recommended from a professional. I want to keep my hairline where it's at. This is the safest. This is the same story that you gave us about that butt plug you bought. Same exact bullshit. Oh, my doctor says they need a butt plug. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, dude. We we know it. Just just own it. Just own it already. Own it, bro. Listen, you only got like four days left of this month. And then it, it goes back to straight people month. Yeah, so pride month. Enjoy not- Anyways, enough of that. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about obfuscation month. Uh, big, big news. Uh, the guy, the uh, CEO of Celsius tried to make a run. To Apparently, that's not and, true. Oh, they're uh, saying that's not true, by the way. OK. Yeah, there's some there's some those are unsubstantiated unsta- rumors at the point. Oh, so, so now point. we're going to worry about that. We just talk, I thought, in this show. Well, no, well, but I just, I mean, I feel like it's important to note if we're going to say that the Celsius Mashinsky right, tried to right, run, though, we should also say that Mashinsky said he didn't try to run. So, okay. Can okay. we, can we acknowledge the irony of the fact that you guys are dependent on a big bank to bail out your crypto? Because that's what we're looking at with this Goldman Sachs situation. We are rooting for oh. a bank to come in and bail out all these people. It's basically yeah, holding it's literally the money like asking a Darth Vader to come and save you. <laughs> yeah. We're like, come on, Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Sam, let me Help ask you a up. question. Sam, what if what if BlackRock offers to buy out Celsius oh. for, I don't know, uh, 30 billion, whatever. And if BlackRock buys them out, you get all your coins back. But if BlackRock doesn't buy them out, it goes kapoo bankrupt. What, what are you hoping for? 
Well, I mean, my God, if it's going to go kapoo, then I, I think we're all in trouble, right? I okay. mean, never, I hope never financially anything ever goes kapoo. What, what are you, <laughs> a Japanese 13 year old? One more, <laughs> one more possible scenario. That's, what that's, if that's, boy, that's a close second for title of the show. One, like, you know. one more. Who? One more more what if for you. What if the scumbag realtors associate or uh, landlord association of America pulled their money together to bail out Celsius? Would you be fine with scumbag? Well, here's the problem with this scenario. You're talking about something that hasn't happened yet, Nap. So what you're doing is ruining a bit that's already going to is going to happen in the future. Right. Okay. so. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Why? bro. Why? We, had, we had a nice run with Kapoo, and then Captain Ruin the Open Mike showed up. Oh. All right. Talk to us. Uh, so Celsius, so here's what I'm hearing. Uh, Goldman Sachs is trying to get together uh, a bunch of investors to come and uh, basically buy out Celsius. Uh, and going to Howie and people he talks to and my feelings, I may be able to recoup a, a large part of my coin, yeah. hopefully as much as possible. I maybe so. they'll, maybe they'll stagger <laughs> it. And, um, what's this, what's it called? Not stagger it, but, uh, is it yeah. called? Yeah, stagger it, and we'll see. So well, that's- uh, they're, pay- they're We found out this week too. They're continuing to repay debts, which I would think that's a good sign. If they were, right. if they were right. gunning for bankruptcy, right, they wouldn't be paying back debts, would they? No, exactly. That's huge because they're still paying off sp- certain loans. So if they're doing that, they haven't totally gone kapoo. Uh, <laughs> They're still giving this thing a shot. They're still giving it a shot, and I think they feel confident that somebody will buy them out. Let's stay on this topic. Let's bring up three arrows capital. Uh, for those that you don't know, the, the big buzzword, they're going by three AC all over the internet. And a lot of people are saying this is like the Bernie Madoff of crypto scams. For those that you don't know, they're a hedge fund out of Singapore. They had money in uh, Voyager, which we saw shit the bed. This is a stock that was trading at $20 maybe six months ago and is now trading for 35 cents. Yeah, it was something a like crypto related stock. So, yep. So anyway, they had money in Voyager, Babel, BlockFi, and they're basically in default on all these loans. Um, so they had assets under management of $18 billion, and now they, they can't provide any of the money to these people that they borrowed from. So what is the state of these wallets? Should people stay in them? I pulled out a BlockFi. I'm out. Um, I'm in Coinbase right now. What are we telling people to do here? Well, you know, that's a great question. You know, so if we go back to Celsius, you know, they're going to make a presentation to people where they're going to be like, hey, if you stay here, this is what we'll give you if you stay. So we'll see what that is. I mean, yes, you can. If, if I get a chance to pull it out, I'm going to go. I'm going to pull Bitcoin, then my XRP, and then I'll worry about the rest. Right. It's like, if you're if the house is on fire, you grab the, the kids, and then maybe the goldfish after. You worry about the goldfish a little later, but you grab the and kids, and then the dogs, the dogs and then the cats. cats. What about your silver and gold? Those bags are heavy, dog. Well, you know what is what is, bro, and we'll just have to go back through. But we you save what's important, and that. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, again, I think if Celsius goes under and people can't get their original 
coins that they transferred there, it is going to do insane damage to people wanting to get into crypto. Well, not just that, but then the government will step in and the hammer will come down. They're already yeah. poking around. Apparently, there are several states. Of all crypto well, will be bankrupt. I, I want to say something. Like, if 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 we know the history of Goldman Sachs, right? They basically caused the 2008 financial housing crisis by putting together a very risky, risky real estate portfolio. Well. Them Not, and about ten other. Hold on, hold on, yeah. just just hear me it wasn't out. Just them. Okay, so but they were they they get a lot of the credit, and yeah. telling their investors to invest in it, and then taking out insurance on that portfolio in case it it crashes, and that's what happened. No, so, no, but the insurance was the Feds bailing them out. We're right. talking about Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns. Okay, so their their parachute is the government ultimately. Okay, so so but. That was done purposefully, okay? It was done purposefully. They knew that, that that portfolio was risky, okay? So what if what if these, and Neff, you and I were talking about this before, that, uh, Ch- is it Chase? J.P. Morgan owns um, uh, MetaMask, right? Is that it? I do not know that. Okay. No, oh, no, no, no. I was talking to somebody else. Uh, so I believe that J.P. Morgan Chase owns a big chunk of MetaMask. What a great way to get into crypto and the game of like just controlling crypto is to have one of the biggest wallets out there that has like been working with every agency to stabilize this new venture crash that and then just come in and buy I've got it. I've got okay. I've got a direct response from MetaMask on that by the way okay uh in line with this philosophy they're talking about their philosophy on revolutionizing crypto uh did we raise funds from JP Morgan in 2021 yes do they influence our decision making absolutely not also JP Morgan did not participate in our series D round moreover their shares have been diluted and they own less than 10% of consensus i guess that's the uh that's not there's, the there's investment a lot of vehicle. buzz going around here that what we're seeing is the fact that wall street was calling crypto uh, a scam not real then we see it take off and they're like fuck how do we get in how do we take yeah. a piece of this and yeah. i'm not saying that that that's a conspiracy that doesn't have any validity it's very possible that there are quote bad actors unquote that have tanked this just so Wall Street can get back in at a cheaper price. I'm right, but you got to remember, yeah, but what you're saying, stop for it, because it's not much, man. The, the, we're not talking about a lot of money here. It's This isn't a huge, this isn't even an asset class yet. So, I mean, what you're saying, I believe what Sam said is makes perfect sense. Goldman Sachs totally would love to set, to get their fingers in it and say, hey, uh, look, now we're running Celsius fuck Coinbase, fuck all these. Let's yeah. bring this baby yeah. to the top. Yeah. Let's bring let's bring Celsius public. Yeah. Let's make a shitload of money off of Celsius. Let's, because if anybody can put it on top, it's Goldman Sachs. Well, let's but, be careful. Oh, go ahead. But, we, but the, as far as getting back to Wall Street, wanting to get their hint, not really. Not really, man. Dude, they have hardly, they have pennies in, invested in crypto. Wall Street doesn't, man. 
Well, let's I be mean, careful look, about what we were saying about labeling it because Gary Gensler, chair of the SEC, has officially come out and labeled Bitcoin as a commodity. That's pretty big news. You know, before it was, we're not going to touch it. We're not going to label it. They're calling it a commodity now. So I mean, my so, question is- So isn't sugar. Right. But what I'm saying is they're finally acknowledging that crypto is an asset class. They hadn't done that before. That's pretty significant. I didn't know they haven't called it an asset class. That has not happened, Chris. Well, a commodity is technically an asset class. Uh, totally two different things. A commodity is not an asset class. Not even close. Well, you're, you're, not, you're not going to say you're not going to say peanuts are an asset class. But they are a commodity. Okay, but let's be be real here. It's a significant upgrade. From I feel this. like I'm watching a dad and his trans son fight right now. <laughs> My point is this. It used to be, we're not going to be involved in it. We're not going to label it anything. Now Gensler is calling it a commodity. So yeah, you could call it sugar. You could call it corn. You could call it yeah. gold. You know, I mean, at least they're talking about it is your point is and at least they're talking about it. You got big heads that are talking about it. And I agree with you. And more important, like I've always said, I felt that when when Goldman and, and Morgan Stanley, when these guys started to actually buy a little bit of Bitcoin, I felt that they were getting involved in the game then. So, you know, these big companies, they do own they do own Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh you know, I don't know about anything else, but that they do own them. So not a lot, um, but it's going to be interesting, man, because, man, a lot of these other altcoins or coins that were big in the past, they're going to shit. I just want to drop a comment to you on something I read. And this is regarding the, the founders of Three Arrows Capital, Suzu and Kyle Davies. Uh, they basically, quote, use their reputation to recklessly borrow from just about every institutional lender in the business, resulting in pain for some high profile firms, including Voyager, Babel, BlockFi. And then lastly, I found this interesting. They were simply using borrowed funds to repay interest on loans issued by lenders while cooking their books to show massive returns on capital. What the fuck happens to these guys is my question. Well, my my question so is who crazy, bro? Well, what you, about the lenders? Get caught? Who who's lending them this money? Like, I mean, you That's can't go to, you can't go to a sharpie on the streets and be like, hey, my name's uh, Joe Monkeycock. Uh, I just moved to the neighborhood. <laughs> can can I possibly borrow is Joe Monkeycock and go kapoo? Is Joe Monkeycock your poor name? And can we start calling? He's you a good guy. Could He's we start guy, calling you the Cop. Colonel from Boogie Nights as long as you're going to uh, assume this new character of yours? Can we call you the Colonel? Joe Monkey Cox is guy that you man. did before. What was that character? The other guy from a long time ago that was uh, that. Johnny oh, uh, something. Oh, uh, little Johnny Rockfuck. <laughs> well, listen, little Johnny Rockfuck can't just move to Brooklyn on a Wednesday and go to a local Shylock and say, Hey, listen, I just moved. I'm living at 72 right up here on Bensonhurst. Hey, can I borrow 10 grand? I'll, I'll pay you back next week. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, but John, here's the, sorry. Here's the thing, Howie, that, you know, in the article, it says they use their reputation to uh, go in. And let's, you got to admit, dude, there's different rules for different fools. And you, yeah. you know, people walk in and they, they get taken advantage. It just, it's just unbelievable to me that they, they think they can get away with it or they just don't care. And they just think, okay, you're going to take your, they're going to, I might get caught, but I'm going to make so much money at this point. It won't matter. I don't know, man. 
let's talk about Robin Hood. They're 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 in talks with FTX, you know, to possibly sell out. What do you guys make of all this noise or is it just noise? I'm no, I think that's legit. The stock went up a little bit. So Wall Street's saying that it probably will happen now long term. What difference is it going to make? It's still a shit platform. I mean, you know, I mean, is that company FTX going to take them over and be like, hey, we have this many clients. That's why it's beneficial. I'm sure that's probably the reason. And I think they're getting it really cheap. I, I can't remember what the buyout was, but it, it's not for a lot. Well, it, how much of that is due to the, them fucking everybody during the whole uh, the meme stock thing? Is that is that a lot to do with their price being so shitty right now? Absolutely. So. But yeah. I, that's good, then. Good. Good. Mind, keep in mind, Robin Hood's all time high of 55 bucks is now trading at $8.80. Yeah. And who knows? The buyout price is probably 12. I mean, what a piece of shit company that is. Just run poorly. That's a great, great example of a company that you didn't buy because fundamentally the people in charge didn't know their dicks from their asses. And you could find that out real quickly. Can I just say, too, I hear a lot of people are buying crypto through Robinhood. Do not buy crypto through Robinhood. You don't. I mean, that's not even a that's not even a a wallet that they have on there. It's just they're telling you you have crypto. That's the last thing I would do is buy crypto through Robinhood. Don't do it. Terrible idea. I I would buy anything through them. All right, guys, let's get into the uh, interview. If you've never read the book Road to Ruin by Jim Rickards, you should. In it, Jim talks about old money families, and he learns that they preserve their wealth by investing in three main asset classes. Those are gold, land, and art. Gold and land each have their own downsides, and for art, the problem has been low transparency and high prices. All of that, though, is changing with Masterworks. Masterworks is the first platform where you can buy shares of art, not NFTs, actual art from legends like Banksy, Basquiat, and Picasso at a level tailored to you. There's no other platform like this, and it's amazing because art is largely uncorrelated to things like stocks and bonds, and that's important in today's chaotic market. If you want to check out Masterworks, our listeners get priority access to skip their wait list. Just go to masterworks.art slash cash that's masterworks dot art slash cash and see important regulation a disclosures at masterworks.io slash cd all right here we go everyone coming into the show right now he's been here before very good friend of mine comedian new york city real estate guy mehu patel mehu how you doing buddy i'm doing good how you doing howie looks like you're right there uh in midtown I am. I'm actually downtown New York uh, and uh, enjoying uh, the summer starting. Okay, shit, you're downtown. All right. Well, what's the word on the street down there? Word on the street is the streets smell like urine. Uh, That is the word. (laughs) Uh, Do we take that into account when we look for real estate? It's like the smell of urine lower the price of... uh, Asking price. Should I go around peeing on houses that I want? Yeah, is that like buying a house that you know where a mass murder was committed and you get a discount? Yeah, I mean, like it's like being one of R. Kelly's girlfriends, Chris. Something you'd love to be. All right, stop. This is a family show. So uh, let's get into this, man. We're in interesting times with real estate. You know, everyone thinks uh, recession's coming or it's here and Mm -hmm. interest rates are up. 
Is this a good time to get into real estate? I mean, is it a good time to buy or is are we buying at the way top or what's going on? Well, I, I think it's it, there's probably a lot of influences right now on real estate, right? You know, generally, historically speaking, you know, real estate lags the overall economy. So you usually see pricing changing, you know, a quarter, two quarters, even sometimes three quarters after the general market being the stock market, bond market. But in today's world, information moves so much faster and everything gets absorbed much quicker. Uh, So we're already kind of starting to see things in real estate that are kind of prediction of yeah values are going to come down would i suggest to somebody buying real estate right now aside from potentially land i would say wait uh i think that there is going to be um some values coming down i think it'll probably be regional and it'll be different among different asset classes uh certainly commercial real estate behaves um differently than residential real estate as well so i think that within those two buckets things are going to be a little bit different but to answer your question do i think there's a buying opportunity today i do not i think that buying opportunity will probably be down the road um speaking, where you- speaking of commercial real estate the last time we had you on the show this mm-hmm. is interesting because one of the largest REITs in the world simon property group sgp I remember when you were on the show, we both liked it. We were pushing this thing. That thing went from about 120 to 172. Uh, now it's at 99. So we're trading it like a year, year and a half low. You know, you know, this thing's got a uh, this thing's got a yield right now. Uh, about I think what is it, three four percent? You know, do you get in? Do you buy this thing yet? Because it looks like a good buy right now, Miguel. Look, I, I think depending on what their Simon Group potentially, right? Because what happens with the publicly traded REITs, they're really, really super tied into interest rates, right? Not just because of the mortgages that they're putting on, it's the future mortgages on assets that have a, if you have a mortgage that's going to expire in three years, right? And now you have another mortgage that you're going to have to put on to take out that and that new mortgage is just going to cost you more that that's that's where the the issue lies that's why that price dropped so much it's not just because the cost of debt went up it's what are you going to do when you try to exit some of these assets you bought so i think is it potentially a good time to buy uh, uh, a buy into a company like that it can be i think you just look into you know the details of course like what what kind of assets do they have what does their debt kind of look like right now if you have the ability to kind of if you don't have a lot of maturities coming up in the next two three four years then that's probably an overcorrection i mean Uh, i agree because this thing's trading at like a 10-year low it's yielding almost seven percent I mean, this isn't any small-time company, man. This this company does over two million shares a day in volume. It makes almost seven dollars. Simon Property Group's been around forever. I mean, this oh. is kind of this is kind of the king of REITs. If you go back to 1993, 94. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at this at 99. God damn, that that's very attractive to me. No, it is. I mean, and it's it's again, it's what sectors you like. I, I like you know, the self-storage REITs. Uh, I still think 
they have been overcorrected. I think their business model is very simple. We all know what self-storage is. And I just like the fact that they don't have long-term leases, right? You can change the price of a storage unit on any given day. It's $100 today. Your utility bill in June is higher than expected. In July, you can raise those rents to $103. And you can manage your expense ratio a lot better when you have short-term leases. So I do think there are buys out there. I, 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 the whole that's almost asset class. That's almost like a defensive stock storage facilities because unlike a, a shopping mall or something where when the economy shits to bed, people stay home, they don't spend money. Look, in, in your area right there, any kind of a storage facility, I don't give a shit. Gas goes up. You got to have a place to store shit. I yeah, mean, can I jump in and ask one? Uh, because I've uh, owned store in the past, S-T-O-R, bit, uh, uh, pulled it out of Buffett's portfolio years ago, and it's done well for me in the past. What are your thoughts on you know uh, uh, commercial uh, REITs like STOR? I mean, they've got solid earnings for the last four years. You look at those green lines, they just keep going up. Do you, do, do you think it's a buy here, trading at 27 bucks? That, yeah. that, that STOR, that's that's if you look at the chart, Chris, it's just about identical to uh, Simon Property Group. I mean, it's trading it. Shit. It's trading it like a five, 10 year low. Yeah. Six yeah, percent yield. Six percent yield. What's the market cap? Seven uh, billion. Seven point six bill. And, and so, you know, look, like I said, the self-storage model is very, it's very straightforward. And I, I like that buy because, one, they're not the largest of the self-storage REITs. So, you know, you have two things that could potentially happen. Some public storage or one of the large REITs might be thinking exactly what you're thinking. This is a pretty good buy. If we were ever going to go after uh, a company and just buy buy them, this would be the time to do it because those larger REITs still have low cost of capital. You know, if they went in ahead and did an acquisition of a competitor, they wouldn't be drowning in the higher interest rates. They can actually absorb that. But just putting that aside, I think there probably is an overcorrection in, in storage sector. And it, like how he said, it is a defensive stock. You know, these vacancy rates are very, very low. And more than anything else, in an inflationary period where you have to be able to adjust your pricing, you can do that with self-storage. Uh, you can't do that in an office building, right? You've already signed an eight-year lease, 10-year lease, and you're, you're not able to do that. You can't do that in retail either. You can do it to a lesser extent in multifamily because most people traditionally will sign a one-year lease. But everything in self-storage is month to month. So you can manage that expenses, that expense ratio we talked about and going into the situation we are where inflation is unlikely to really subside for, you know, this is going to carry well into 2023. Yep, it, sure is. it would seem hopeful that it doesn't but i don't see that I, it is going to carry in there some of it will likely be permanent you know we're not going to bring this all the way back down no it's i don't think it's going to be a soft landing either uh here's another question and this is right and and, and sam asks about this a lot 
And about a year ago, he was mentioning that companies like, you know, BlackRock, uh, actually BlackRock, they were going in and buying out neighborhoods and they started getting into the residential rent Mm -hmm. lease. And, you know, I kind of was like, yeah, you know, it's a small portion. It is. But now I'm looking and you got Goldman Sachs that just bought up a a bunch of multi. And and it seems to me like this is becoming a serious asset class. So tell us about that. Yeah. So the single family home asset class, that's what you're talking about, buying a single family home and renting it out. Years and years ago, nobody did this because the institutional world said, you know what, when it's not under one roof, we don't get any efficiencies. Right. Yeah. And super for all of this under one roof, this is easier for us to manage. 2008 happens, mortgage market collapse. Suddenly, the home prices in bulk were gone. They went down to a ridiculous level. I mean, and you you lived in Georgia, Howie. I mean, those down there, there are homes that were at $300,000 that were at $125,000 that you could buy on the courthouse steps. Yes. Now, you that you had to buy the house unseen, but you kind of take the bet because I'm getting such a discount. So there was a little bit of that institutional money going in in 2008, 2009. That's right. That's right. Because bank companies like Bank of America, I remember they, they were they, going in, they were they were buying these things for 150, 200, and then they were kick trying to, then it would take them six months to try to kick the squatters out because there was people literally just squatting in these fucking places. For it, and you couldn't get rid of them. Yeah, and then once the market recovered, they got a really big pop. But then what happened now is we had a major run here, ten year run of housing value just really going up in the last you know thirty months. It's been insane, but you still get pound for pound that yield you get on your rent on the single family side is pretty high, and so a lot of these institutional companies have gone in and just bought in bulk. Now, that's also part of the reason housing values have skyrocketed and the average person is struggling to find a home. It's really difficult to compete with an investor who's out there to buy five, six, seven homes in the same county you live in when you're just trying to buy one and you're trying to buy that one to match your budget and you hope that it has appreciation when you're when you're competing with a guy who's like i don't care if i make any money on this for the next couple of years i just want 10 of these and then i want 20 of these and then i'm going to sell it to blackrock i'm going to sell my whole portfolio to goldman sachs so it kind of doesn't even matter if i make that much money on it the real value is that i have 20 of them and yeah. selling 20 is better than selling one to these guys because the one-offs don't interest them. They want to buy pools of it. So do I think there'll be continued uh, institutional capital going in? In all likelihood, yes, which does make it difficult for the individual buyer to go in. Now, Zillow got burnt by this strategy, right? That's the main driver as to why they lost so much value is they attempted to do this. But what they did was they really overpaid for that $300,000 house when the bidding yeah. was crazy six months ago, 10 months ago, or whenever their price year dropped, maybe it was a year ago. They were just like three seventy-five, And you start to build a portfolio where you're paying 20 to 30% above market. 
it is going to catch up to you. And it did, right? Their share price just plummeted after. Do you think, with that being said, do you think some of these companies like BlackRock, Goldman, if we do have a bubble, if pricing starts to fall, do you think these companies could take it in the ass? I think they could. I think that Why they got to be anal, bro. <laughs> Let's go there. Let's go right yeah. to the pooper. I think they could potentially have some problems there. You know, uh, it, it, it really becomes how regional it is. Do they diversify it? You know, I mean, the classic markets that always go way the hell up is it's Miami, Phoenix, Vegas. And if you have massive exposure there, yeah, probably they're going to, they're going to see, you know, they're going to see some problems there, but I just don't see it being 2008, 2009. And the reason being is there's just so many renters and the rents are still quite strong. If you own ridiculous, yeah, you're out of control. I think a big problem I have with BlackRock and all these companies is like, again, BlackRock is basically in charge of the fed. That was a big thing that happened. Their computer program runs it. And most of these guys are just using this bailout money that they got during the COVID stuff and to just come in and just buy everything 20% more than, than anybody else's uh, what, that, that, buying for. It's true. And look, I'm, I'm definitely a free market person, but this is something that I do think needs to have some regulation. Yeah. Because it is going to price people out because now what's going to happen is if you're an individual, you get your check every two weeks, you know what your budget is. The mortgage has gotten a lot more expensive for the average person. Now, interest rates have gone up. That extra 500 bucks that they're going to have to pay a month is significant and it's enough to shrink the buyer pool. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what they can do to, to actually regulate that, but I think that's one of the biggest drivers as to why housing, you know, in some instances, housing went up 40% over 20 months. That's just not, this is not normal. That is not, you know, how housing is supposed to grow. I mean, that's like, you know, a 14 year old growing 10 inches in one year. That's not, that can happen, but that's not normal. Um, it's just not normal growth. And that's the same for this asset class. Um, can, I, can I sneak in a reader question? Cause it's perfect sure. timing. Okay. Uh, Deuce Ace underscore DJ asks, is passive or active multifamily investments a good hedge against inflation? It's a, it, again, it's what we were just talking about. It, it's a, you know, whether you're, I, I assume when they say passive or active, active with them being the ones managing it um, and passive just being as an investor, the attraction for somebody to go into, let's just say it was a, a, a you bought a four unit apartment building or a two unit. It's because you know that that lease is only one year. And at the end of that year, if you look at what uh, the asset did for you and you're like, you know what, I misjudged my uh, utility costs and, oh, there's inflation. So my insurance costs went up and, oh, the county just jacked me on property taxes. It is a good hedge because a year later, you can adjust the rent. And in a lot of instances, you can't do that. Commercial real estate, like we said, if you sign somebody for a six-year lease, somebody's going to be on the losing side of the equation, either the landlord or the tenant. And when you have shorter-term leases, you have the flexibility to track what's going on in the real world. If costs are going up, 
you can adjust your rent. You can't do that if you sign five-year leases. So again, if you're the landlord, say you have two units and you have to make the decision, do I have this person sign for a two-year lease or a one-year lease? Right now, it really just depends. Do you think that two-year lease is going to cover this inflation that's going to come over that 24 months or not? I would be conservative. I would just go with the one-year lease. I would too. I think a one-year lease is the best way to go. Yeah. Um, other, they have an, the tenant has an option on you. And obviously, if you're the tenant and you're the renter, you want to lock into a longer-term lease if it's possible. You'll probably have to pay more, but you might want to do that because now you know what your costs are on one of your biggest expenses every month and you're, you know, you don't, you won't be surprised in a year. So I have a couple quick questions. Um, and this is, I don't know if you can really answer. It's a spiritual question. Um, well, let me ask my other question first. So let's say you're a new, a new home buyer, right? Do you think it would be intelligent to maybe buy a business property, right? An income property over an actual home to live in? Like, well, does it make sense if, if, if I go, okay, man, I got money. I, I see this like uh, apartment complex for sale and somehow, some way I have the ability to make a purchase on it. What do you think is a better idea? Like to own a, a, a you know, income property and rent or buy your own house to live in and then wait till you made enough money to buy an income property. That's a good question. Uh if you've got the wherewithal to buy the income producing property, you buy it because what's going to come along with that is, you know, one, you can run expenses through it. That's completely legitimate. Two, you get a depreciation shield every year as well. So even if you break even, you're going to be able to have a tax write-off where it's depreciation. If it is your primary residence, you're not going to be able to do that. Ah. If so if it's income producing and you got to fix the roof, that, that gets deducted off the income. If it's your house and you got to fix the roof, that just gets deducted out of your checking account. And that's it. It never, you know, you can, there's ways you can kind of push that back in, 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 in your tax filing, but um, it's a lot easier when it's an income producing property. Uh, so if you've got the means to do that, um, I, I would do that uh, because I think there is also going to be more liquidity in it. Uh, there's always investors looking for, uh, even if it's in a down market, there's always investors looking to buy income producing properties. You know, right now, cash will be king. Yield is going to be king. Uh, so if you've got the means to do that, I, I would, there's just, to me, it's just, there's no question. That's what you do. Well, if I show up with some gold and just a ton of guns and go, hey, swap <laughs> it out. I mean, that is a strategy as well. <laughs> Thank is. you, man. So my, uh, my next question is like, you know, it's very interesting because we're talking year, two year leases. What do you want to do? Mm. And I, I, you know, uh, I, I uh, have a, a house in the valley uh, and the landlord is an interesting gentleman. And that's all. That's how I'm going to put it. And before I moved in, they had a whole bunch of um, tenants, right? Yeah. And then I know places where people like you, you would literally have to send SWAT in to get them to 
uh, move out because they just love the landlord experience. And uh, do you think there's something spiritual to being a good landlord? And like, does that in the long run? I, I don't even know if you can answer this question, but in the long run, like taking care of your tenant seems to be a better business deal. Than I, being- I, I don't even think it's a spiritual question. I think it's factually true. It is. Thank you, everybody laughing right yeah, now. That's like, so you're that's like basically saying- you're. That's like saying that, that 10 year old kid is running his mouth. Should I ask him nicely or should I punch him in the face? Well, I, you're I, basically I, saying if you're not a slumlord, you go to heaven, right? Is that no, what that I'm question? saying is that like, you know, I will, because we have people worrying about whether I'm going, whether we should do one year or two year. Right. And I'm like, well, I think you should do one year. And if you're a good landlord, you're not going to have to worry about them running out on you because people really like when they have a good landlord. Yeah, that's true, but there aren't many of them, man. Yeah, Ooh. that's what I'm saying. Why don't you saying. start? Why don't you start like a landlord association where like everybody votes on like best landlord of the year, and this is all taken care of? Well, I'm not against that, dog. I'm not. Okay, question, question. Because there's I actually some- a wait, wait, wait. There's actually okay. a website or there's an app out now. I know it's in New York City. Yeah, there's an app where they literally rate landlords and uh, management companies. It's Mehul, you probably are familiar, but there actually is like an app or a website. I mean, I mean, even Yelp does too, though. Like, there's they they rate landlords as well. People put that up, but no, I actually think having a good relationship with a tenant matters. I mean, I I can give you an example. I mean, we owned a commercial property during COVID, and we had retail tenants that you know were struggling to pay. And we had a good relationship with them. And so we we renegotiated their lease and with the belief that at the end of this period, they would do the right thing. And, OK, you guys will eventually you know, pay us the back rent or when we time to negotiate this lease, you're not going to you know, you're not going to then turn the tables on us. And they didn't, you know, and it worked out, you know, for both of us. Um, for further investigating, go watch the super, uh, with Joe Pesci. Uh, <laughs> he was robbed of an Academy award. And I think that's what Sam's trying to get to is that landlords need respect if they're doing good work out there. Uh, question. I've got friends, they're buying a house. They're asking me right now, what do I do in this market? Do I buy a 30 year fixed with these high rates or do I roll the dice and take an adjustable, uh, uh rate mortgage? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it's tough. I, I think that's not an easy question. I think it's going to be individual basis. Um, if it's me, look, I I still would go with the 30-year. Um, and my reasoning is the interest rates, if you're in your early 30s, um, like it's probably hard to understand that interest rates, these were not normal interest rates. These interest rates we've had for the past decade were not at all normal. And I don't see us going back to three and a quarter. I mean, some people have sub 2% mortgage. You're looking at them. And, and we're just not going to return to that, I think, for quite some time. Uh, so getting locking in now, this, well, this uh, relative to what we've experienced seems pretty high. I think in three, four years, it's not, you know, I mean, do I think we're going to go up to the early eighties? 
type interest rates. I don't. I think we have a much stronger uh, economy than we did coming out of the late 70s. But uh, I don't see a return to this because we're in this predicament because we printed a lot of money and money was cheap for a really long time. And we're not going to return to that, I think, for some time. So I would go with the 30-year. I I would. All right, ma'am. Well, great episode, great interview, dude. I think it's important. I, I do think maybe it's time hold off for a little while to see how the uh, market adjusts. Yeah, uh, I am very nervous that this this Fed funny money can come in and keep driving prices up while everybody else is hesitant. But we'll see, ma'am. We'll see. We'll be, see for sure. Yeah. Shout out to the Woolworth building behind you. Yeah, that's a nice piece of real estate. All right. Man, who, good stuff, man. Yeah, Glad are you, you came on today. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Where can Thanks. we see you? Uh, uh, we lose him. Did we lose? No, he's there. No, I'm still here. Hey, okay, where can you- uh, where can we see you perform? I'll be on Stone Street this Thursday, uh, downtown New York. Come by. Uh, I'll be a show right before 4th of July. Great place to have a drink afterwards. So, uh, that's oh, a great place. Yeah, fun place. Fun place. Uh, make sure to check out the links below so that you could follow him on social media. Great interview, guys. Thank All you. All right, man. Good stuff, brother. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Great interview. Uh, my question made sense. Uh, now you guys got to hear Chris Neff kill comedy. And uh, good job on that. Good hey. job. Hey, good job. Good hey, job. shout out to all those spiritual landlords. You have our respect. All right, man. So let's get into it. Let's do like, what do we got? A couple minutes of questions. And we got I'm, some questions. I got uh, a guy right now. And then we got I got, a, I got a guy right now saying, why do you never answer my questions on the cash out? He spotted in real time. I said, you drop it here. I'll ask it. So this is from Aoti one, two, three on the Instagram. He says, same damn question I've had for like a month. Stock lending. Robin hood offers it. Yeah. Yeah. Robin hood, this and Robin hood, that. Any brokerage, stock lending, should the readers be taking advantage of it? Howie? When you say stock lending, I think you're talking about buying stocks on margin because any I've, I don't know what the fuck stock lending is. but Yeah, I that sounds know, like it to me. Johnny, I mean, do you mind Googling it? Just I don't even me? know what margin means, and it sounds like it to me. Basically, you don't know what mar- margin means? No, nope, yeah, like, mean. like it. Let's say you got a thousand bucks, Sam, and you want to buy. Uh, you want to buy a uh, hundred shares of a stock at, let's say you want to buy 200 shares of a stock trading at $10. That's 2000 bucks, but you only got a thousand. You know what? The company, whatever it is, whether it's uh, Fidelity, Morgan Stanley, Charlie Schwab, <laughs> they'll lend you an extra 50 shares. And that's called buying the stock on margin. So you, you're only investing uh, 10,000 or a thousand bucks, whatever I said, but you're getting an extra 50 shares. You're getting an extra 50. Problem is this. It's great as long as the stock price goes up. Stock price starts to drop. They're going to give you a call and say, hey, you know what? You got to come up with an extra 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, uh, or else we're going to sell your stock for a loss. That's the problem. I can read uh, what Robinhood says is their stock lending uh, program here. Stock lending gives you the opportunity to earn extra income on stocks you already own. Once you turn on stock lending, we do the work to find borrowers for your stocks and you get paid monthly if there's a match. 
If your stocks are on loan, you're, you'll still be able to sell them at any time and realize gains or losses as you would otherwise. So they, they, they lend out your stocks is what it sounds like. It sounds like that's what Celsius is in trouble for, right? I mean, basically? Nope. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I really don't uh, know. I read the whole Celsius thing, and it sounded like basically, yeah. I mean, it sounded like people were buying shit <laughs> on their platform on margin. Yeah. And their, and their, and their cryptos dropped. Yeah. And they had to come up with money, and they didn't have it. I that's think it that's it, like. too. And they just yeah. made some investments that – didn't pan out. Well, that's a big part of it. Yeah, those bad investments you're talking so about. So those, yeah. that's it, man. Okay, like, Sam, this question's for you. Oh, this, this should comes be from good. Adam Acon 3 on Twitter. He says, "I keep hearing stagflation being mentioned. I know anything can happen, but what are the chances we actually see stagflation in the U.S.?" Now, Sam, just so you know, before you answer this question, stagflation is not when inflation goes to the prom solo. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and answer that for us? I go, hey, yeah, well, you know, anything's possible, brother, at this point. You got to be really hesitant and you got to watch and stagnation could be coming and it could be and, and it could be a part of uh, Is with, stagnation uh, that new ska band I keep no, hearing it's, about. It's, it's the it's the <laughs> see, it's the prequel to uh, Sharknado. OK, so it's all right. There. All right. OK, so just to be clear, guys, stagflation. Sky band, as Sam calls it. He, he doesn't say sky. He says sky band. Oh, it's a sky band. band. <laughs> yeah. OK, stagflation is perfect for Sam because that's when you want to own gold and silver, baby. Yeah. And just to be clear, so we can answer this, stag stagflation is basically just high inflation in coordination with high unemployment. So the question is, duh, uh, he, <laughs> he's, he's, he's saying, what are the chances we actually see that in the U.S.? Howie, what are well, you know, thoughts? what's really very interesting is like, like there's a lot like there's people that just don't want to work. And I don't know what that means. Have they figured out ways to make money on the Internet? Are they running all, you know, some black game, you know, in terms of like drug dealing or whatever, like black ops. Right. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know, man, it's super interesting, dude. It's super black market shit. I don't know, man. It's like, it's just, it's just really weird. Uh, why? Because you walk around, there's nothing but employment signs everywhere. People yeah. are looking, wanting to hire and nobody's actually going to hire them. And but that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know. I, it's so it's super interesting how 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 it's going to play out. I don't know, well, man. A, a big problem with that is this: is that with inflation, wages have gone through the roof. So let's say you got uh, a bar in the Lower East Side and a bar in the Lower West Side, and the bar in the Lower East Side says, "You know what? You know we've never done this before, but we're hurting for employment, so we're going to start you at twenty five bucks an hour." Meanwhile, the bar in the Lower West Side, the owner's like, you're out of your fucking mind. I've never paid more than $15 an hour. I'm not doing that. Well, all of a sudden, that owner's cooking 24 hours a day because he no. can't find anybody. He's bartending. He's good. I've seen, I'm seeing this shit happen in New York. Yeah, um, but let's one, be clear. The unemployment rate is not high. It's at 3.6% right now. So no, that's not high. It's exactly. not high. People are working. Yeah, well... Um, I think the issue is there's just a lot of companies out there that are expanding the job market and there's just a small hiring pool. 
But we need we can't just put out a blanket statement that unemployment's high and yes, stagflation is going to come because and that's certain, not the case right now. Certain industries, it's certain industries like restaurant, hotel management. That you know they got to. I don't know what's the deal. They some of them have to pick up their game. Uh, some of the wages probably have to be raised because there's other companies that are doing it. So um, it's definitely those, those those sectors are getting more competitive. Um, this comes from Aaron Williams on the Twitter. He says, could someone further articulate how a long-term IRA portfolio should look? Also, my Roth IRA doesn't give the option to place calls. What platform should I use to take advantage of the call fatties? Now, Howie, to my knowledge, I don't think you can buy uh, options on any IRA. I know you can sell covered calls. You can write covered calls. That's it. That's it. Okay. You, you can't, but you can't buy and sell calls in any IRA on that we have on earth. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one thing. Number two, I mean, just, uh, like on the Patreon, I'm going over it with certain people. You want to try to find good sectors to put in your IRA, find, uh, if you like high paying dividend stocks, they're great in an IRA. You don't have to worry about paying out uh, taxes on dividends. Okay. Uh, last, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. This is the last question, and it's a very common question we keep getting. It comes from Marcus on the Twitter. He says, if it becomes clear we are in a recession as economic data keeps coming out, do you think the Fed will pivot on QT and interest rate hikes, maybe more QE, or is inflation too hot? They have to keep hiking and crash the market into midterms. Damned if they do, damned if they don't. This is a very loaded question and a great question. Howie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, man, nobody, look, truthfully, nobody gives a shit about recession. I mean, what, what, that's the fucking word right now. But you know what's not a word? Paying $5 for a gallon for gas prices. Look, inflation is the only problem that the Fed is worried about right now. They're trying to get a grasp on it. I think that probably will raise at least another 50 basis points uh, in July, probably 75. Um, and, and that will probably put a halt on inflation. Um, after that, you know, we may go into a recession, but nobody can control that. But they can. We're already in a recession. Yeah. I a personally think we already are. And I'll give Kathy Wood credit where credit is due. She finally came around and said that she dramatically underestimated the severity of inflation. So, and she believes the economy is already in a recession. And so do I, I give her no credit. She sucks. Okay. Um, guys, uh, before we get into our picks, let's give some ball washing, excuse me, some ball uh, garg, not working, uh, ball working, Jesus. not gargling. <laughs> some ball working. Ball, ball gargling? It slipped oh out. God. The ball uh, working where ball working is due. Howie, to my knowledge, you are like something like 14 for 14, hotter than a popcorn fart. Am I correct that you have yet to pick a loser on the Patreon? Yeah, we kept it going this morning when Bud, the calls got up to buck 65, buck 60, 65. I sold them. I originally bought them at about 150. Uh, but most of the guys on there, when we doubled down, we bought them at 80, 90. You bought them lower, I believe. Yeah, I, you actually, um, I got out last week of Bud, small gain, uh, 
Exxon and Disney anywhere between 20 to 33%. Disney you know, today, man, people are getting out up 40 and 50%. Yeah, I got out at 30 and I was happy with well, that. Morgan so. Stanley was the big one. Holy shit. That thing, that option was up 40 something percent today. Wow. So we got out of just about everything and, and we, and we're loaded with cash where our ammunition is just loaded. And it's beautiful because I mean, the market ended up tanking today and some of the stocks, that I'm really looking to unload on had dropped. Um, I mean, I'm liking where we are right now. This thing is just, we're headed in the right direction on this Patreon, man. Um, okay. So that being said, Johnny, what are you looking at? Can't hear you, Johnny. Sorry, the mute, the, the, the space bar to mute thing is not working. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting out this week. Okay. And Sam, what do you like? Um, Got your eye on a new pistol? No, man. I'm I'm liking what my SEP IRA is doing. I made a tiny bit of money in that. I'm liking that. And, uh, you know, hey, man, I'm chilling for right now. I'm chilling this week. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy with my guns, happy with my gold, happy with my silver. So I, too, am sitting out this week. Okay. I'm going to go next and leave it up to Hallie. Guys, this is real simple. I haven't made a purchase on a stock unless it was recommended to me by the Dew Crew, a.k.a. the Colonel Howie Dewey. Uh, when a guy goes 14 for 14, why, why do anything else? I'm sitting patiently. I wait for the Patreon to pop up. I get the Howie Dewey message, and I buy. So I'm not buying anything until you come out with another stock to tell me to buy, Howie. It's that simple. Hey, I'll be putting it out tomorrow on the Patreon page um, and the members get it. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'm going over IRA portfolios, uh, making changes. Uh, I'm, I'm reaching out to everybody on a personal basis. That's what it's all about. That's why you pay. Um, and I'm laughing because I talked to one of my buddies who's a broker and he's like, you know, you realize he said you used to charge about four or five hundred bucks a month <laughs> he goes now it's 20 i go it's 20 it's information people are learning it's all about the podcast all about you know i mix in the comedy and fucking i love it i love it we're not going any higher than 20 bucks baby we're helping the people yes man. if you don't mind can you give me a little what's in the safe music for Christmas yeah no i gotta give you my pick numb nuts oh i thought you didn't i thought you were gonna wait till tomorrow my bad no this is the pick okay, i'm giving this okay. this is not the patreon pick okay Carl. i want you guys to listen i want i want the other three members of cash studies to listen and listen carefully you got to go on coinbase to buy this but my pick of the week is chain link chain crypto pick this is the first time since i've been on this podcast that i've gone down this dark hole but i'm telling you right now a little birdie told me this oh little snap. Birdie, little i don't have to testify anywhere do i and, and little link. birdie said buy chain link it's trading at six dollars and 49 cents this thing had a this thing had a high of 38 bucks uh back in 21 and it's at 649 i don't know what's going on <laughs> but I, a little birdie told me to buy chain link so i'm going on coinbase and buying some chain link damn danger will robinson danger guys great show uh Azzo, i'm what? gonna need the final 
intro music for what's in Chris's safe giveaway. Go ahead with the intro music. You did this last week. It should be fresh in your mind. That's you, Sam. Yeah, that's you. What's in the safe? What's in the safe? Hey, Chris, what's in the safe? Okay, guys, final clue to what's in the safe. Um, We're going to recap the first two clues, and then I'll give you the third. Remember, there's $200 at stake here. Uh, The first person to answer all three uh, questions correctly, put them on the Twitter, tag me in it. I will send you $200. So first clue, three things from the safe. First so can clue. I ask really quickly, uh, Chris? Does does anybody have does anybody have any of them correct so far? There is somebody that did get one of one correct, and then another person that got another correct, but they weren't the same person. Okay, got to get right. all three. So here's the first clue: Bugsy's daughter's remains. Second clue: I've changed. It used to be a picture tells seven to eight inch words. Now it is a dicture tells seven to eight inch words and then the final clue is butt <laughs> dial the final clue is butt dial so if you've been a reader and watched the show you should be able to put these clues together and once you do i'm gonna uh get, send you 200 bucks so there you All go right, bye everybody take care <laughs> this was not discussed nobody cares bye guys keep your money save your money Bye. Have a great day. Thank you. We apologize for the last three minutes of the show. We're sorry yeah. for that. Dude, Chris, the best part of that ending was it made me forgot how forget how pissed I was at you for ruining the uh, the the spiritual <laughs> landlord joke. So congratulations on topping your retardation. All right, I think that a joke is generous, but okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. All right, Chris. All right, guys. Howie, keep up the good work. How's touch butt this week? Uh, it's t- that's actually Sunday. But you didn't do what? Oh, it's every other week. Yeah, it's every other week. Oh, we forgot people people couldn't handle that weekly. That's that. All was right, guys. We do a show. We do a show. Can we do a show?